Hello, hello, welcome to Digital Nomad and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, we're here in a hammock in beautiful Tamarindo, Costa Rica, enjoying the beautiful nature, enjoying, uh, you know, uh, traveling through Central and South America. And if you want to follow us along on adventures, make sure you check it out at daddyblogger.com. And I'm traveling entrepreneurs and especially fellow change makers and we have Joshua on the show uh, he's the founder of an amazing organization which is all, all about how we, uh, not only make a dollar and the uh, organization is called social change nation once again socialchangenation.com and, and um, it's all about social, and social uh, which means you're making money but also you're focused on social uh, change so we're gonna be finding out all about uh, Josh's uh, passion for this and if any of you are watching inspired to uh, make a difference in the beautiful world that we all live in so Joshua how are you doing today my friend yeah I'm doing great Ricky I love that you're in Tamarindo I was just there in February and and absolutely fell in love with the place yes it's a, a beautiful area we're actually leaving after this interview to Arenal La Fortuna which is a famous area in Costa Rica just here for two weeks uh, uh, but it's been amazing so far so awesome. Joshua, uh, why do we why do we uh, first get to know you a little bit? Can you repeat that last part, Ricky? I uh, just saying, can you share can you share a little bit more about about what I'm up to? Yeah, sure. So I run Social Change Nation. I've been doing that for about four years now, and we are the online hub for social impact entrepreneurs. And so what that is, is kind of like you said, you have a for-profit, for-purpose mission. So you have a business mission just like any other business, but you also have a social mission that's woven in really tightly with that. Some big examples that people would probably know is Tom's Shoes, for example, sells a pair of shoes, gives one away. Warby Parker is an eyeglass company. For every pair of eyeglasses they sell, they actually empower a micro entrepreneur in the developing world. So these are, are very good, very profitable companies, but they also have that social mission woven in. And for them, you couldn't have one without the other. So we work to really just help folks get started and grow in that space. And I actually have a, a podcast myself as well. Uh, and I started out just interviewing veteran social impact entrepreneurs from around the world. And then that really evolved into basically just creating a hub of content and classes. And, and we have a membership site around it as well. Again, just helping folks where, wherever they're at. And kind of on a, a personal side note, I love that we're, we're talking digital nomad and making money and living wherever because I am actually broadcasting live from the inside of a 1988 Airstream Excella. My wife and I, we live full-time on the road running this thing. We also run uh, another impact business ourselves. It's a small hostel slash hotel in the town where we came from. And so we're able to run that virtually from the road. We have someone living in there who manages that. But that's a big part of my life too, is, is traveling and really just experiencing this story of, of social entrepreneurship and travel as well. And that's what being a digital nomad allows you to do. So that's a big part of who I am too. So we definitely have kindred spirits in many sense of the uh, uh, Christian as well. I saw that you are as well. And we're both world travelers. Uh, I'm not doing an RV or a uh, streamer we're doing it passing around Central America right now and of course we have this kindred spirit for business uh, but a business that makes a difference and so uh, 
Uh, where have you traveled? Firstly, let's go for the global. Uh, where have you traveled on a global level? And then we'll go for the, the U.S. after. Oh, man. Yeah, totally. Well, so I lived actually lived in Peru for a year. So South America is very near and dear to my heart. And while I was living there, I spent a lot of time traveling around South America as well. So I was in Argentina, Chile, Uruguay. Did not make it up to Colombia or Ecuador, which I wish I would have. But, <laughs> but I was around South America quite a bit. Um, been through Europe a bit as a kid and then have, you know, Mexico and Canada. And that's and then Central America just recently with Costa Rica. That was the first time in America. So that is uh, thinking through it. That's the extent of my world travels for now. Going to be going to Croatia and a lot more of Europe in this coming July slash August. My wife and I will be spending uh, about a month and a half up there. So that's some future travel, uh, future international travel. But that's that's the extent of it for me. Awesome, awesome, Matt. So, Josh, uh, you obviously do a lot of air streaming and RVing. Uh, 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 tell us about some of the journeys you guys have done. Yeah, totally. Well, so, you know, first of all, we do this because we, we love to travel. But second of all, you know, we're doing this as a way of exploring because we have that small hostel in our hometown in Kansas City, kind of like a bed and breakfast hotel without the breakfast. And we we're looking to expand that. So part of our journey is we try to find really unique lodging and hostel accommodations, you know, wherever we've gone. And so we're near Phoenix right now, actually on a horse ranch. And part of the reason we're out here is because they have kind of a unique setup with guest houses and people who are coming here and staying here to ride. And so this has been an incredible adventure, just, you know, great people, easy living, that kind of thing. You know, some of the other travels we've, we've run into around Airstreaming, for example, there's an entire culture around that. There are a lot of RV parks that are just specific to Airstreams. There are a lot of Airstream clubs. So there's a real community around that. And so we've had a lot of adventure just being in that community. But I think, you know, some of the other things, we've, we've mainly been through the Southeast and Southwest so far. And just, you know, seeing how much my own country, the United States, has to offer and how much geographic beauty is here. I mean, next week we're going to go up into southern Utah where there are basically five national parks in a chain. I mean, each one just more beautiful than the next. And so things like that, just, you know, discovering how amazing my own country is, especially after having traveled and lived in South America and seen some amazing things there. You know, it's just it's kind of a testament to what's in your backyard, <laughs> I guess you could say. And being able to cover it over the road and see the spaces in between, you know, is another part of it. Just just making a point to stop in the smaller towns along the way, check out the cafes, meet people and things like that. And, and I would say if I had to highlight one thing that has made this trip, it's and we've been on the road now for about a year and a half. It's the people that we run into along the way, uh, especially fellow travelers. There's actually a huge community of people living full time on the road and running into them and linking up and hearing their stories and getting to know them and then reuniting with them. I mean, that's something that's happened. This ranch that we're on right now, it's the second time we've been here. And we've actually gotten very close with the family that runs it, you know, just, just over time. My wife and I, we actually had our anniversary on Monday and I threw a little party for it. I mean, these people we've maybe known for a few days, but they came out there, they gave us cards, you know, made, made food. Like, and that's just what happens in this community on the road because we're all traveling together and we really get very close, very fast. And, that is definitely the best and most inspiring part of the whole journey for me. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. You can see the most amazing sights in the world, but the real sort and lifelong memories are those people. Uh, those are definitely the connections we remember the most. And uh, we're so blessed to be living this in touch indefinitely and do what we're doing now, you know, these uh, podcasts and video cast interviews. So uh, let's get into social entrepreneurship. You know, it's, uh, I'm 
question. Uh, maybe we can first define it. Uh, what, how would you define um, a social enterprise or social entrepreneurship or social change? Yeah, totally. Well, I'm, I'm real specific and deliberate about that. And I only talk about social impact businesses or social impact entrepreneurs. And there's, there's a lot of reasons for that kind of a long story on that. But basically, that's, that's really my niche. And that's a unique thing. If you get into social enterprise, a lot of times, especially in other countries, you're talking about nonprofit organizations and different ventures. Not there's anything wrong with that. But that's just very different from what I work with. So the way I define a social impact entrepreneur is an entrepreneur who launches a business that has a for profit and a for-purpose mission, or has a social mission and a business mission that run in tandem. So in other words, they can't be separated, they're woven together. You take one away, you, you lose the whole thing. Um, the way that you can tell a social impact entrepreneur almost always is the way that they brand themselves, the way that they market what they're doing, and I think this is really the most important thing in terms of the way they measure success. So I talked about Tom's shoes earlier. Tom's shoes doesn't just measure success in terms of the number of shoes they sell. They measure it in terms of the number of shoes they give away and lives they change through a lot of the programs that they're involved in. Those two things are woven together for them. And again, you can't have one without the other. If you take one away, the whole thing would cease to exist. And I think that's a defining characteristic of a social impact entrepreneur, which is different from a traditional business that might have some kind of philanthropy that they do. Nothing inherently wrong with that, but it's just different. You could take away that philanthropy and there would still be a business there. Social impact business, that's not the case. So social business mission running in tandem <laughs> in a nutshell. Yeah, and I, I really feel it's moving more and more in that direction. Uh, you know, obviously, we're talking about enterprise level and uh, major companies. They all, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. And, uh, of course, more and more entrepreneurs are heart-centric instead of head or or wallet center. Uh, so tell us about working in this field. You, you have uh, uh, studied in this field. What have you seen as the shift? And maybe you can uh, uh, tell us a little bit what you see in terms of the shift uh, yeah. from now into the future as well. Yeah, totally. Well, this, this is the thing I, I get most jazzed about. And especially, you know, I've been at this for four years, especially just seeing a tectonic shift big time over the last year in terms of the way business is being done and the way these businesses are being recognized. You know, for example, Warby Parker is an eyeglass company. I mean, they have just crushed it. They've completely disrupted the eyeglass industry and gotten all kinds of recognition in real traditional publications like Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, Inc. I mean, all of these people are recognizing what they're doing in a really big way, but they're also a major, major social impact business. And literally in their mantra, their goal is to lead the way for social impact business. So I'm using that as an example to say that Social impact business is not a niche. It's not a passing fad. It's a fundamental shift in the way that business is done. And first and foremost, that should happen because it's the right thing to do. But secondly, there are just the, the, the thing that gives me so much hope and inspiration around it is that the, the consumers, consumers are really demanding this. And there, I mean, there are tons of statistics and studies to back me up on this. I won't dig into numbers on, on that. I mean, there's lots you can look up, but I mean, by big sources like Goldman Sachs, um, Nielsen have done a big studies on this, which basically what they're finding time and time again is that consumers nowadays will do a couple of things. First of all, if you put a social impact brand and a non-social impact brand, otherwise equal product or service on the shelf, consumers are going to go with that social impact one all day long. 
the vast majority of them. And the reason for that is because they're really demanding that businesses play a role and build their brand around their social change impact. Um, they've also found that consumers are known to pay more for these kinds of products, that, they're de that they'll demonstrate a lot more brand loyalty to social impact businesses. And I'm not talking like a small percentage, I'm talking like 70 to 80% of consumers that they're dealing with are moving in this direction. And so businesses are really responding to that because they're realizing that in order to survive <laughs> over the next 10 years, they have to move in this direction because consumers are demanding it. If for no other reason than that, that's you know why we're seeing this shift in business. But I always have kind of a cautionary note on that because one thing that we, we're unfortunately starting to see is what we call greenwashing, where basically a company will just jump on this for the marketing benefit that they see without any really genuine or authentic reason for doing it. And first of all, that's not the right thing to do, but second of all, it doesn't work. Um, because people out there have really good bullshit detectors, and especially with the way social media is going, these consumers are not dumb. And if they realize that a brand is doing it just for that reason and that there's no genuine or authentic reason behind it, they sniff it out and it doesn't work. But when you've got a brand that is genuinely and authentically built around social impact, but you also have a kick-ass business, which, by the way, you got to do. It's not just going to stand on the social cut. you got to have a kick-ass business in and of itself. You got to lead with that and then follow with the cause. But if you got those two things running in tandem, you are setting yourself up to really survive and thrive uh, in terms of where the marketplace is going. And we're going there, <laughs> you know, with or without you, basically. So jump on. <laughs> jump on, jump on. As I say, jump on the bandwagon of the way of your lefty. So, Joshua, uh, tips, what advice would you give to someone who's starting a business here in 2018 and they're looking at both starting a business in terms of profitability and at the same time making the difference that we're both uh, passionate about? And uh, tell us about how they can find that balance and what tips would you say in terms of the first starting it? Yeah, totally. Well, I always say social impact entrepreneurs start with why. And every successful social impact business that I've ever been connected with starts here. And what I mean by your why, your why is that genuine and authentic seed that drives everything you do. It's your reason for believing in the power of business to make social change. And you've got to craft a story that's deeply personal and meaningful for you. And then you've got to weave that story in throughout your brand. So I'll come back to an example I've been using throughout the call, Warby Parker, the guy that founded it, he actually was the executive director at a nonprofit called Vision Spring for 10 years. Vision Spring's mission is getting eyeglasses in portions of the developing world where there's just not been that access. That's Vision Spring's mission. So clearly that's near and dear to his heart. So that becomes an important part of Warby Parker's story. But they started there. They started when they built their brand around that genuine and authentic why for what they're doing. And you've got to start there because your story is what will make your brand sticky. It's what will help you build a community of customers. And again, I mean, the first question people are going to be asking themselves when they come into contact with your business, especially as a social impact business, is why is this person doing this? Why are they jumping on this social impact wagon? You know, what, what does it mean to them? Why do they want to make this impact? And you really have to develop that. And, you know, if you don't have that right now or you don't think you have the seed of it, that's okay. There's, there's a kind of a, a, and it's actually just a free process on our website where I kind of talk you through some questions you want to ask yourself. But at the end of the day, you've got to develop that and weave that through your brand. You've got to lead with that. That's the most important thing. The second piece that, that I would say that's really important for getting started is, again, having top of mind that you have got to lead with a kick-ass business and follow with the social mission. Doesn't mean your social mission means any less to you, 
but it just means that the best way to serve your social mission is to create a sustainable business that really stands on its own. So you've got to believe in that side of it too, because I've seen too many social impact entrepreneurs coming in and thinking that their social cause, that people are going to buy just based on their social cause, even if they have kind of a generic product that doesn't stand on its own, that doesn't work. So you've got to lead with that business. So knowing your why, crafting it through, and then leading with the business side of it and just having a kick-ass product or service. Those are the two biggest things that I think about and spend time focusing on when you're starting out. Solid advice, solid advice. And of course, there's that famous book uh, by Simon Sinek, Start With Why, also the famous TED Talk. Uh, brilliant how they talk about the, the why circle or the golden circle, start with why, then the how, then the what, the products and services. So, so make sure you check out that video and the book the whole social element of uh, what we're talking about here so there's obviously uh, literally uh, millions of organizations around the world you can support uh, everything from people until sense sense uh, uh, connected ones obviously in uh, Costa Rica very focused on ecotourism here uh, totally. uh, in terms of uh, you know connecting a project uh, would you suggest either um, uh, partnering with the existing company um, you know uh, starting your own or uh, in terms of how would you add the social component to the the business? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Well, first, I would almost never counsel anyone to start their own nonprofit when you're trying to do this. And here's why. Because when you're launching and growing a business, that's tough as nails. <laughs> launching and growing a social impact business is even tougher. And if you try to start your own nonprofit on top of that, you're essentially starting two businesses. And I've just almost never seen that work very well. There are small minority of exceptions, but for folks just starting out, I would almost never recommend that. What I would almost always recommend instead is, you know, build your, your kick-ass impact business and partner with somebody who's doing it really, really well already. But the other piece of that is make sure that the path from your business to that social mission is very clear for your customer. And what I mean by that is we have too many traditional businesses out there that you see some causes they support and you don't really understand why or how it connects with their business. So here you need to make sure that your cause is deeply woven into your business. You need to make sure that it's a cause that you know somehow your business ties in with. Tom sells shoes, they give shoes away. Warby Parker sells eyeglasses, they help empower micro entrepreneurs selling eyeglasses. You know, so there's that deep connection. It doesn't always have to be that direct, but you need to be able to really explain it in a genuine and authentic way to your community. And it has to be, you know, and they can't be too far apart. They have to be connected in some way. And, and you know, another interesting example on that, that that I'd heard about, and you know, this is just an example that's out there, but I heard about Toyota actually getting involved in a corporate social responsibility thing with this big food bank network in New York. And at first you, you hear that and you're like, what, Toyota, food bank kitchen, How's, where's the connection? Well, come to find out that what Toyota actually helped them with is a huge food bank with lots of, of networks all over the greater New York area. Toyota helped them with logistics because Toyota is really good at logistics, helped them increase their efficiency and actually doubled the amount of food they were able to get to people. You know, so that's just an example of something that might not seem connected on the surface, but if you tell the story and if there's a genuine and authentic reason connection behind it and you're finding a natural way for your business to contribute, that's the key. That's really the key is, is, is communicating that, sharing that story and making that solid connection. Awesome insights, Joshua. I, I think one of the other questions, at least I... I 
wondering uh, when I actually give a percentage of uh, whatever you're making, like a 10%, uh, for example, a tie towards the charity, or should you do something like that one-to-one -one model, or uh, supporting from a financial perspective, but also creating awareness and education and talking about the company or the organization you're partnering with. So what are your thoughts there in terms of the educational components? Yeah, totally. Great question again, Ricky. I think that, there, there, well, I know, I mean, there are lots of different models of social entrepreneurship out there. Certainly the one for one is probably the most well-known, sell one thing, give one thing away, right? But here's the thing. You don't actually have to do any of that to be a social impact entrepreneur. You can, and there are lots of great models out there, but you need to find the model that works best for you and what you're trying to create. And for my money, I can tell you that I really believe that this movement, and I really think this is a revolution in business, in the way business is done. This revolution is, is moving in the direction of essentially making social impact business business as usual. So the strongest social impact businesses I see are the ones where their social mission and business mission come together so tightly that you can't even hardly see one without the other. And I'll give you an example on this. A company called Yellowleaf Hammocks out of Thailand their founder, Joe Demon, is from the U.S. He was a surfer bum. He showed up there and somehow made it to the center of the country where these communities were making hammocks. And there's a long history of how they started. Originally, these communities had been really depressed because a lot of their farmlands had been destroyed and they started making hammocks and selling them in Thailand. And they were doing pretty well. But Joe got these hammocks then just from out of Thailand and started, you know, created his company, Yellowleaf Hammocks, to basically bring them to the world. But the story of yellow leaf hammocks is the story of the people that are weaving these hammocks and how their lives are changed through this business. And their lives have really been transforming. I mean, literally over the last 20 years, their community has completely changed. But yellow leaf hammocks doesn't have necessarily a percentage that they give to charity. They don't give away a hammock for every hammock they sell. Their business mission is their social mission. And it's so tightly woven that it's just central to who they are. When you can get that, with what you're doing in social impact business, I think you've hit the sweet spot. And again, for my money, that's where this is going. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Joshua, I know you have a lot of resources on this subject, everything from your blogs, interviews, programs, and coaching, consulting on this subject. Tell us about some of the ways you're able to uh, help people out and then how can people connect and uh, learn more. Yeah, totally. Well, I, I house everything at socialchangenation.com. And so lots of different resources on there. You can check out our podcast on there. So that's really the hub for the information. In terms of other things that we do, uh, we have a membership site called the Impact Business Hub. And that's just impactbusinesshub.com. Actually started that with a former student of mine. And then we also do some, some group coaching programs as well. All of that's listed at, at socialchangenation.com though. And that's really gonna be the hub to, again, just get the information to get you started and then kind of plug in from there. Um, we have a Facebook group, just a private Facebook group that anyone can join as, as well. That can be a great way just to kind of get to know this world and process through your idea or really meet you wherever you're at and, and give you a hand at getting rolling in this space. Awesome, well, hey, Joshua, thank you again. Uh, definitely very inspiring the work you're doing. And, and uh, of course, have uh, helped a lot of people, organizations, and of course, this has such a huge ripple effect. It's the domino effect, right? You're literally changing the lives of the thousands and millions of people. I just want to give you a big life and a you know round of applause for what you're doing. 
Well, thanks. And, and you too, Ricky. I really appreciate you having me on and enjoyed chatting. Have a blast in Costa Rica. Have some coffee and some chocolate for me. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. And uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, make sure you check out Josh's website and uh, links. I'll have those links right below so you'll be able to click right through. And thanks for tuning in to us. You follow us along as well at daddyblogger.com. And we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Happy travels.